Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Doors to manual, we're trying manual here. Live video is starting, look at that. Huh? So what should I do with this one? Should I so there you go, live. Right. No comments yet. Okay, Facebook. If you think I'm late, Facebook, I wasn't late, I was here. Instagram will back me up on this, but I was using software which I pay for, I might add which was saying that I was live because the software lets me put stuff I have to put all the questions in so they come up at the bottom of the of the of the screen so I've got all that you know fancy software but I'm sitting here in front of a camera talking and thank god I'm on Instagram because if I wasn't on Instagram I would have just thought I'm unpopular on Facebook but you know I might be unpopular on Facebook but I wasn't even live so anyway I'm live now am I who we're assuming I'm live okay so um, good uh, oh Lorena um, Lorena I've got to sort it out I don't know what's going on I'm, I'm paying for this other software and it's not working I can actually like comments now thumbs up uh, Lorena is probably in Aldi as we speak as is her work at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night um, okay well, well let's do it this way let's go old school so yeah well I was just talking about subcision don't do it uh, it's a respectable way to treat a tethered scar I think people do do it personally I don't do it there's lots of ways I'm resuming it because Instagram have heard all this so I don't want to I want to keep them um, keep the Instagram people on board but at the same time I want to service my Facebook audience which let's face it is um, is huge let's just look at the stats what we've got going on uh, I've got stats here for you four viewers five viewers all right thank you just went up and one comment there you go um, one comment from someone on the payroll but does it matter it's still a comment okay so um, yeah don't do subcision um, because I would imagine that if you cut under so subcision is when you've got a tethered scar and you get a needle and you sort of release the scar tissue to let it um, drift up I worry that it would get filled with uh, scar tissue and get tethered again so I don't do it but I um, I'm going to give one star for that. Uh, it did not work and I was not live on Facebook. There you go. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I don't do the um, subcision. It's a reasonable thing. If you're going to have a treatment for a tethered scar, what I would say is talk to someone um, who sounds like they're reasonable in what they're saying and um, they've got results that look okay and if they've got results long-term results that look okay then it may well be a, a perfectly reasonable thing to do so um, so yeah so I wouldn't say it's not and it's like that with plastic surgery there's lots of things that some people will do and other people won't do and it doesn't necessarily mean that the person who's doing it is right or the person who's not doing it is right it just means we've all got different opinions and um, so it is still quite an opinion based uh, specialty rather than a scientific based specialty obviously there is science there but there's an awful lot of 
you know um, people's experience and, and that's what you're kind of paying for when you're having surgery and that's what you've got to go with uh, there's lots of different ways to do things in um, in plastic surgery particularly um, one of the uh, plus points I guess as a surgeon but one of the difficulties as a patient because you might get conflicting advice and I can understand how that can be um, difficult um, do, so next question which I can't put up on the screen but I never have been able to on Instagram and it hasn't uh, dented my uh, huge following and popularity on Instagram Sarah's giving me a wave thank you Sarah I'm gonna like that because I can like stuff now um, can I have a breast reduction if on Cleovance HRT uh, I don't know all the Pacific HRTs but uh, just just let's just say HRT in general um, yes you can so the problem with being on HRT is that it will increase your risk of DVT um, which are clots that can form in your legs when you have surgery and can then fly off to your lungs and form PE it's a significant complication of any surgery and the um, HRT will increase this risk however I do do so, so I will warn you that of this risk and, and you have to be aware of this risk and personally I don't stop HRT for surgery some people do same with the estrogen um, contraceptive pill some people oh my God, waves coming in thick and fast on Facebook oh, there you go look at that who said I wasn't popular on Facebook um, some people will um, uh, insist that you stop you normally have to stop six weeks before HRT and or the estrogen contraceptive pill um, which <clears throat> again a bit like the subcision not unreasonable they're not wrong I'm not right I'm not wrong they're not right it's just different views on it um, and so I do do a lot of things to reduce the risk of DVT and PE particularly in terms of early mobilization getting up and walking as soon as you can if not the day of surgery definitely the next day Ted stockings Flotron boots and uh, Klexane uh, sort of uh, injections of heparin sometimes for people particularly for things like tummy tucks which you've got an increased risk but the, the, the main thing to stop a DVT in my view is to get up and walk and start moving and if you're not walking keep your legs moving, hips moving, bum moving and I stress that to all of my patients. So you can have a, a, a breast reduction if you are on HRT although you will have a higher risk of uh, the uh, clotting complication in terms of the uh, DVT and PE so we'll have to discuss that but if you're happy taking on that risk in my hands uh, HRT is not a contraindication to surgery uh, if you are worried you can stop it but as I say you have to stop it six weeks before and it can have um, consequences stopping the HRT so it's all about balancing the risk really there's risks of stopping it risks with um, not stopping it similarly for the estrogen contraceptive pill there's obviously risk of stopping it because you can have unwanted pregnancies which can cause its own um, morbidity if you like so um, so there's always a balance but in my practice I don't stop it uh, Gemma is in the house and she's got a question can I ask you a question Jonathan can you go a few sizes bigger after boob job if it's been six years obviously I'm talking about me lol yes you can Gemma um, you can well I mean to be honest with you um, a few, few sizes bigger when you say few sizes bigger do you mean few sizes up from the implant you're in or few cup sizes bigger I'm not sure about a few cup sizes bigger um, but you could the main thing with uh, with the the, the, the uh, a boob job as uh, it's commonly known is not so much the 
sort of size and the skin being stretched and what have you it's the dimensions it's all about the dimensions of the implant it's not really the size of the implants the dimensions of the implant so the dimensions of the implant have to fit your frame so when I'm looking at implants choosing implants I'm trying to get the width right you don't want to get it too wide or too narrow so you want to get the width in keeping with your frame in keeping with your 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 uh, your thorax your your uh, rib cage and then once you've got that uh, width then you can adjust the profile so it depends on what profile you've got now so if you've got an extra high profile now you haven't got you haven't got many places to go if you want to have a bigger implant if it's already an extra high profile now the only way you can go is in the width that's the only way you can go if you go bigger so if you go bigger you go two dimensions either width or or projection how much they stick out it's got to be bigger in one of those two ways so if you're if you're um if you're already got a maximum projecting implant an extra high profile you can only go in the width and i would be a bit worried about the about going too wide obviously i'd have to you know look at measurements and stuff like that but in general terms we're going too wide however if you haven't got an extra high profile implant if you've got a high or a moderate or a low then you can maintain the same width or maybe go a little bit wider um, but also get bigger in the projection so that might make a bit more of a difference so as i say if it's if it's an extra high profile already i'd be a bit worried it might not give you a significant difference and it might cause problems by going too wide but if it's not an extra high profile and you've got room to go bigger in the profile and possibly in the width as well then i think you could potentially go somewhere um, because the main thing is you want to sort of if you're having them change to go bigger you kind of want to have a noticeable difference you don't want to go like a little bit it might you might not notice so you do want to have a sort of noticeable difference so that's something we'd have to talk about in the clinic you know would it be a noticeable difference and certainly if we've got room to go in the profile as well as the width then we um, we could have something going on there um, bit bigger than what I had six years ago because you did as big as you could then I think mine are extra high I think your name was different Gemma because I don't remember Gemma Lilburn Gemma anyway um you must have had a different name but anyway uh well yeah well then if it's extra high may, maybe not so much but Gemma come and see me call me or message me on Facebook and we will you know connect and we will talk about it in real life and I'll measure you and we can talk pounds shillings and pence as in not money as in <laughs> numbers of implants didn't mean that oh never there you go knew it knew it I, I thought i haven't done treated a little burn um yeah by all means give us get, get in touch and we will rap about it and we can talk um specifically about you because that's what it's about isn't it uh but yeah extra high profile mm, not so sure but we can certainly see out see what's what um and six years isn't long Gemma. You know, you want to. Leave, I always say, leave them as long as you can, because you could get problems. And if you get problems, then you've got more of a reason to change them. That's the other thing I always say to people if they uh, want to have implants changed at six years. I'm like, you know, it, it's not that long in terms of lifespan of implants. So, you know, you, you, in the general terms, I always say, look, if you can leave it longer, then you have another reason to change it. If you're just changing it for size, and you're kind of okay with the size, but you'd like it a little bit bigger. If I can't make it that much bigger, I'll be like, mm, maybe you're not going to be that happy. Plus. I'm doing surgery which is creating more scar tissue, more risk of capsular contracture, and more risk of getting problems in the future. So you really want to minimize your operations if you can. Try and get it right when I see you first time and you know, but yeah, as I say, happy to talk about it. Uh I can like all this stuff now. I'm gonna like everything. Liking everything. 
There we go. Light, 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 light. Um, would SSRI medication affect surgery? Nope, nope. SSRI is absolutely fine, and you can take it day of surgery, um, and absolutely fine. They're still perfect, says Gemma. That's what we want to hear. Super dupes, good to hear. Um, so SSRI is absolutely fine. No problem at all with that. So in terms of medication and surgery, uh, you have to ask, uh, and sometimes we have to check the anaesthetist and stuff to see whether you can take it on the day and things like that. The main things are things like diabetic medication, that's something that we worry about, and diabetes we have to be a bit careful about. Blood thinning medication, things like warfarin and apixaban and those sorts of things, those are things we worry about. Steroids we worry about because it can increase your risk of infection. Um, but yeah, apart from that, you know, um, most medication is sort of okay. But, uh, you know, obviously check with us and check with the anaesthetist. Um, I've got a little number one coming up. Question from stories. What are the major risks having a tummy tuck? I've got two questions. Wow. Is it a, a mole move? Is that from the email I've just sent out? That Lorna. Oh, God, we've got questions. Um, and Sarah's got a question on Facebook. Thank you. Right. So question from stories. What are the major risks of having a tummy tuck? So the major risks of having a tummy tuck are um, the number one thing, I guess, is uh is scar you know it's it's not really a risk it's a definite you can have a scar but i guess wound healing and the scar not healing up properly is uh is a risk and uh so that is a concern because it is closed tightly so um uh, first of all the fact that there is a scar secondly that the scar might not heal up properly um then you've got things like bleeding forming a hematoma which means it all balloons up you have to go back to theater if that happens um uh seroma so hematoma is blood collecting in there um oh god sarah's just lost sound oh god probably not you sarah it's probably me is it this um how can i how do i do it oh look at that quest to create a poll i can create a poll wow Featured link, preview link, view post. Let's have a look, Sarah. Don't worry. Let's. Um, there we go. Settings. There we go. Mm. Uh, expand video. I really need. Oh, I got you back again. I'm back. I'm back. Am I? Okay. Right. Good. <laughs> don't know what's going on, Sarah. Don't know what's going on. So yeah, you got. Um, you got. Uh, bleeding which can form a hematoma you've got uh, seroma which is wound fluid collection which happens a bit later on with um, with tummy tuck um, can be a bit of a nuisance these things are a bit of a nuisance more than anything really um, dog ears little bumps at the end of the scar which usually settle but can be removed if not um, again these are all nuisance um, things probably the big one with a tummy tuck is, is a DVT, is a clot in your legs, which can fly off into your lungs and form a PE. That's a significant risk with a tummy tuck. And so that is something we worry about and we talk to you about. Um, so that, that, again, moving is the answer. And there's things we do, we flow boots, TED stockings, early mobilization, but uh, it is definitely a risk. Um, yes, Corinne, looking forward to having a chat on the 30th. Um, so those are risks of tummy tuck. Uh, Lorna, what you got with mole removal? Is it painless procedure? And with flat moles, does this tend to leave a large scar? Yes, Lorna. Um, uh, it does leave a, a, a scar with, with with flat moles, and uh, because most moles are round, you have to make it into an ellipse. So the scar is longer than the diameter of the mole. 
Now we try and hide the scar in a natural line or a wrinkle. So if we can find somewhere, I don't know where the mole is, but if it's somewhere we can, we, you know, if there, if there is a line or or a, or a wrinkle nearby, that will help us because that can make us, then we can make the scar look like that. So that's something that we work hard to do when you have a plastic surgeon taking a mole off, particularly off the face. They're trying to put it in a natural crease, but you have to put it where the mole is. So you can't always find that natural crease, but we we can often put it on, a oh, it's on the elbow. <laughs> Um, we can often put it on a place where there will be a crease in the future. The elbow, um, good and bad. Good thing about the elbow is it's not very visible. Um, so if you have a bad scar, then it's perhaps less problematic than it's on your face. Bad thing about the elbow is it doesn't heal as well as the face. So to be fair, Lorna, the scar will be probably, you know, will definitely be more obvious than a scar on the face would be. Um, and uh, to, I'll be honest with you, Lorna, I don't know what, how big your, your mole is or what the mole is, but it you know it can look similar you know you're trading one cosmetic thing for another cosmetic thing you know on the face it often fades so well you can't see it on the elbow mm, you know I, I would worry that it might give a little bit of a stretch scar and the scar cosmetically looks similar to how the mole looks now if you're worried about the mole if it's changing anything like that then obviously it needs to be removed no question but if it's a purely cosmetic thing I would be worried about removing it because it would potentially leave a similar cosmetic thing to you know to to what you have especially if it's flat you know so um yeah that's a, that's a bit of a worry um on the elbow now i wouldn't say it's the worst place lorna but you do have movement as well which you've got to take into account but yeah we'd have to talk about that katie has got a question here but also facebook's got questions which i've ignored I, if I can, two questions. Yes, you can. Uh, what you got? Firstly, what would your recommendation be regarding nipple piercings done? Better to wait after BA or could you do them before and would they have to be, hold on a minute, uh, would they have to be removed during surgery? So yes, they would have to be removed during surgery, although you can put little plastic ones in. Sometimes put, people put little plastic ones in. Um, so you you could I mean basically I would say yeah if you can wait till after surgery yeah wait till after surgery but if you can't wait or if you've already got nipple piercings in you can still have um, a breast augmentation with a nipple piercing but you would have to take it out because it's metal the metal would would um, act as a conductor to the machine we use to to cut the, cut the tissues and sort of seal the tissues so you couldn't have metal there so you either take it out and then you can put it back in after surgery. But if you're worried about holes closing up and stuff like that, then you could get, I think you can get little plastic ones, um, your plastic uh, piercings that you could put in. So it's not a disaster, it's doable, but a little bit of a faff, so it might be better to wait if you can. Secondly, how much weight would you recommend a patient with PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, I think it used to be disease, PCOD, but PCOS, um, to lose before liposuction, 5%, 10%, because it's extremely difficult to lose weight with PCOS. I'm asking for myself, I'm naturally broad and curvy, however, I've stubborn belly fat before pregnancy, but it's worse after. I'm finding a lot of surgeons talking about BMI, but if I was a healthy BMI, I would look anorexic and would be unhealthy. I'm trying to get my weight down, thanks. Um, yeah, this is an age-old question, Sarah. It's an age-old question, and it's a difficult one. And, um, you know, surgeons will often... Um, be quite strict on BMI usually not 25 but certainly 27 30 is often uh, regarded as a sort of safe BMI to do surgery um, but 
I hear what you're saying. A lot of people have BMIs above that and they're happy with their weight. They feel naturally that's how they want to be, but they have stubborn areas of fat. So um, I usually say you've got to be happy and stable with your weight. Um, I think 25 is probably not, you know, is, is probably a bit low to have that as a criteria for surgery. I think 27, 30 is reasonable, but I, but I do still see people who've got BMIs above 30 and we just have to take it on a case by case basis. And there's no percentage. There's no answer to your question. I wouldn't do so. I wouldn't um, remove. Uh, I wouldn't lose weight just to have surgery and then like feel uncomfortable with your weight and then put it back on again. And that's not really a very sensible thing to do. The other thing, Sarah, I would say is that having um, liposuction to your abdomen is not well in my hands. I don't know if it's me is is going to be a surgeon, but in my hands, liposuction to the abdomen is not great because uh, it doesn't the skin doesn't recoil the best way for me is that is a tummy tuck but you might not be that sort of you might just want you know something less than a tummy tuck so i i struggle i'll be honest with you doing liposuction to the abdomen um uh there are assisted forms of liposuction like vasa that people use that they talk about being good for the abdomen i don't do that so that might be something you could look into some assisted form of uh liposuction but um oh i can do a a wow maybe not wow it's not appropriate is it when i lost sound oh i can't do yeah care ha ha sad angry sad um right good okay am i up to speed on facebook yes i am look at this guy he's a pro he knows what he's doing he's got to keep up with instagram how long after having a baby should you wait before having a tummy tuck really good question really common question the minimum is six months um, because your tissues need to recoil you need to see where you are you're going to be in a hypercoagulable state once you've delivered your baby so as i said earlier tummy uh, dvt clots in your legs PEs are really big risks with um with tummy tucks and so we don't want to increase that risk by doing it when you immediately postpartum obviously also you've got a small baby so you need to take that into account so six weeks is the absolute minimum I normally advise people a year. I think a year, your baby's a little bit bigger, maybe starting to walk, might make life a bit easier. Your tissues will have more of a chance to recover. Having said that, a lot of people don't want to wait a year because they have um, a maternity leave for a year, and so they don't want to have another period of leave, uh, of sick leave after that. So, uh, you know, between six and 12 months, sometimes people want to you know do it nine months or something like that but from a purely medical point of view i'd say a year is better uh, and in a way the longer the better because you want to see how the tissues recoil see how you feel and recover because obviously it's quite a big deal uh having a child so um yeah so six to twelve months is the answer to that i'm more up the 12 month end but I, as i said a bit like the bmi thing take it on a case-by-case -case basis we can have a chat about it and do what's right for you um so um but yeah that's the, that's the answer to that. Tony, what you got? Hi, I asked last week about radiotherapy and implants. I'm extremely interested in having implants and an uplift. Would you, as a surgeon, take on a case like this? So, Tony, I, have you had, like, reconstruction then? Have you had, uh, or at least a mastectomy and uh, and radiotherapy or a wide local excision and radiotherapy? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you... If you had breast cancer treatment which i'm kind of inferring from the radiotherapy side of things that's different i mean i that's that's what i used to do i used to just do uh, breast reconstruction 
and I used to do um, and, and, and you can use implants and people have had radiotherapy no question about it it's increased the risk of capsular contracture so that's something you need to take into account um, now as a general rule when people come to me for breast reconstruction at the moment I do say to them that it is probably better to um, to go with your breast reconstruction surgeon so because presumably you're in the NHS with a breast reconstruction surgeon and I and I do feel that the NHS treats uh, breast um, cancer and breast reconstruction very well so that is my advice um, if you go privately um, it can be difficult because you kind of have to pay for every operation and sometimes you need other operations basically sometimes you need extra work you can need things like um, fat grafting or what have you which is quite an expensive procedure to sort of put over the implant to give it a bit of a a bit of um padding if you like uh sorry you've had a lumpectomy chemotherapy and radiotherapy okay so you've already got, you've got some breast tissue there so you haven't um so that maybe you won't need this so much of the fat grafting i'm talking about more reconstruction from a mastectomy so um so yeah so tony i would be very happy to talk to you i'll put it like that um and I, as i say it's something that i used to do um all the time in the nhs but i've got to be honest with you uh since i've been out of the nhs i have steered people more to towards the NHS for having reconstruction because I do think they do it well but if you want to talk to me happy to talk to you happy to give you advice if you want to send photos without actually coming to clinic you know without having to sort of pay for consultations and stuff I'm happy to try and give some uh, input if I can uh, in that way but um, but yeah difficult it's it's more difficult basically in, in your uh, situation but that doesn't mean I wouldn't do it um, what we got here can I have a done that one can I still have a tummy tuck if I take blood pressure tablets so we've got a lot of questions about tablets and surgery yes so the blood pressure tablets again you have to let the anesthetist know and they might look at your blood pressure to see when to stop them and when to start them but it's absolutely fine to have a blood pressure um, to have a um, tummy tuck if you're having blood, uh, blood pressure tablets no problem at all you know we keep an eye on your blood pressure and make sure that you you know we didn't go too low with the tablets but but uh, yeah that's that's not a problem at all just let us know and we can sort it out thank you tony siobhan what you got do you prefer to use textured or smooth implants for breast augmentation do you know what siobhan i would answer that question by saying it doesn't matter what i prefer it matters what the patient wants so i try and talk to people about the different types so you've got smooth you've got textured and you've got polyurethane and um, oh, the smooth ones in a way are easier to use they're easier to insert they're easier to use so there's something to be said for the smooth ones in that regard um, I think they've got problems long term in terms of capsule contracture in terms of non-adherence to the pocket you can't get teardrop ones uh, rippling so I, I, I'm not a massive fan I've got to be honest with you personally having said that it but it depends on the patient obviously it does depend on the patient and I talk to every patient about smooth implants about micro textured macro textured and uh, polyurethane foam I tell every patient about all the different types of implants that are available because I believe that's what we should be doing as doctors letting people know about everything that's available in the world whether they choose to um, you know and you know whether they choose to have them or not we should be letting people know they exist um, yes I do have you know I'm probably more along the sort of textured polyurethane line 
per, on a personal level, but that doesn't mean I won't use smooth implants, and it doesn't mean I haven't used smooth implants. I have. Obviously, the ALCL, the cancer, is the reason that people will choose smooth implants because you don't seem to get it with the with the smooth implants. So there are pros of the smooth implants, no question. And as I say, technically doing the surgery, the smooth implants are probably a little bit easier to use than the uh, than the textured and the polyurethane ones. So, you know, what do I prefer to do? Well, on the point of doing an operation, I guess, yeah, smooth operation, the smoother, easier. But I'm not really focusing too much on what's the easiest operation for me. I'm focusing more on what's the best thing for the patient. So I try and do the right thing, Siobhan. That's what I try and do you it's what you want or what I want um, <clears throat> would fi uh, would having fibromyalgia affect me having surgery for a breast lift and a flirtily tummy tuck combined you're welcome Sean um, no not at all well I mean I'm assuming these questions are sort of saying could I not have the surgery I'm like yes you could have the surgery I mean will it affect me well yeah it will affect you I mean if you've got fibromyalgia fibromyalgia you are going to be not I mean you're not back anyway a breast lift and a fleur de lis tummy tuck is a big combo uh, it's a mahusive um, thing to do to someone um, so it's going to knock back knock you back at the best of times so you want to be maximized in terms of your fibromyalgia I guess but um, for sure it'll affect you for sure it'll make you feel tired and and it will really knock you back significantly but it won't mean that you can't have the surgery it's just something we have to discuss and say look are you in a good place are you, um, uh, you know, well controlled? Are you, you know, doing well? And if you're not, then maybe have the surgery other time because it's quite a big thing to do to your body. Um, would you offer surgery in brackets tummy tuck if my BMI is forty point eight? So yeah, we just had someone asking earlier on about twenty five, um, uh, and I said that was a bit low. 40.8 you know i think i think you cut off having a cut off of 25 is is not really realistic but uh 27 30 is a normal sort of cut off um and i will do surgery on people who have a bmi above 30 but 40.8 i would have to say just basically no i think i wouldn't do surgery on someone who had a bmi of 40.8 um i think you know 30 is a reasonable um goal to have for a bmi in certain cases, I will do it on patients who have got higher BMIs than 30, particularly if they're happy and comfortable with their weight, they don't really want to lose weight, but they've got areas which they don't like that I could maybe address. I have to stress that the rest of their body won't be affected, I'll just be addressing that area. So, um, but, but I will do it above 30, but I think above 35, I think is pushing it. I think you want to be the right side of 35 for sure. Um, ideally, you know, the right side of 30, but, 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 um, 35 to 40 I think is, is just the risks are too high uh, you know it's, it's respiratory problems cloth, you know DVTs things like that wound healing problems all sorts of issues with the higher weight so I think 40.8 is a bridge too far for me all I'm saying do we offer liposuction for a double chin we don't do facial stuff. I don't do facial stuff. I pretty much only do breast. I've been doing breast for the last long time, 10, 15 years, whatever. Um, 15, isn't it? Yeah, it's 15, wow. Um, so I don't do faces. So no, we don't really do that. Can you do liposuction for a double chin? Well, yes, you can. I mean, with anything with liposuction, you've got to be a bit careful in terms of what your, what your problem is. So liposuction obviously removes fat. But it doesn't remove skin 
So if you've got hanging skin, if you've got excess skin, then you would worry a little bit about doing liposuction and still having the skin. So it doesn't tighten the skin. So tightening the skin, you're looking at facelifts, neck lifts, you know, to tighten the skin. But if it's fat and you know good quality skin that's going to recoil like anywhere with liposuction, then that you know chin liposuction might be option. Option, that's the word. Yeah, it might be an option. Uh, uh, Hussein, what you got? I've got a big and a little deep scar on my face. What is your tip? Can laser be helpful? Um, I don't do laser, Hussein, first thing to say, full disclosure. So you're better off talking to someone who does laser. But in my view, laser is good for red scars. Laser is good to make red scars less red. Um, so, uh, and often scars get less red on their own. So sometimes you'll say, look at this scar at six months, and then at a year, how, it's had seven sessions of laser, and how fantastic it is. And like a lot of scars will be a lot better at six, you know, 12 months than they were at six months without anything. But anyway, you need to talk to someone about, doing, about laser. So the, prob the thing about scars, he's saying, is you've got to think, what is the problem? So big and a little deep scar. So a big scar, no one's going to, any surgeon you talk to is not going to make your scar smaller as any surgeon you talk to is going to make your body scar bigger you know all we do as surgeons is make scars so i'm only going to make your scar bigger so if you want your scar smaller stay away from me because i'm not going to make your scar smaller i'm going to make your scar if anything bigger so what i do as a surgeon as a, as a plastic surgeon in terms of revising a scar is i will try and change the scar so there's got to be a thing that i can change of the scar so if it's just big mm, deep scar maybe maybe if it's dented if you've got a deep a dented in scar maybe there's something we can do but it is hard to treat dented scars Hussein because you've got a lot of scar tissue in there and so you know anything you do is going to create more scar tissue so if you try and inject something into the scar tissue inject filler it doesn't go into the scar tissue goes either side makes the dent worse uh, we talked earlier at the beginning of this um, about subcision people will cut the scar to try and lift it up I don't do that people do do that um, I would worry that that space would fill with scar and it would just drop down again. But uh, but as I say, I don't do it, so it might work. Uh, so you need to talk to someone who does it. Um, I do do surgery to deep scars sometimes to try and make them less deep uh, by revising them and try and get a bit of fat over the top and and, uh, and excising them. But it will give the scar slightly longer than the scar you got. But um, it's an aim to try and make it flatter. So you're addressing the flatness of it rather than the scarness of it. If it's just the scar you don't like, I don't think anyone will be able to help you. Well, I won't be able to help you. Uh, it's, you know, it's time and massaging and what have you. I'm assuming the scar's mas uh, matured. Um, if it's a mature scar, which means at least 12 months old, uh, then there has to be a specific problem. Lumpy, dented, stretched. You know, these are things we can talk about doing something to do with it. If it's in the wrong line, you know, if it's going across your face this way instead of in the natural line, we can try and break it up. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's tricky, Hussein, it's tricky. You can always send us a photo if you want and give an opinion if you want. Siobhan, is breast surgery done in your Birmingham clinic or elsewhere? Elsewhere, Siobhan. So breast surgery, we're talking probably about things which are either general or local and sedation, so bigger than like nipple, nipple inverted nipple corrections, areola reductions, things like that we do at the in the clinic. But bigger ones we do um, in Liverpool at the moment, uh, Siobhan. It's being done in Liverpool. Uh, a friend of mine's got a, a hospital up there. And um, 
it's came all, all around the COVID and the lockdown. I couldn't get into the lo local hospitals. Um, and I, I think they're doing a lot of work with the NHS and I think they're very busy and they're not doing so much in terms of plastic surgery. So it's just really from lockdown, I was I worked up there and it's just carried on. Uh, I don't know what happened. There doesn't seem to be any signs of it coming back locally in Birmingham. Uh, I live in Birmingham, so, you know, it locally is good from that respect, but it, there doesn't seem to be any signs of the hostels coming back and the um, the place up in Liverpool, Asset Hospital, it's called, they, they've got regular theatre space for me, so uh, it works quite well at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it is being done at Liverpool at the moment, Siobhan. So, I'm out. I'm sorry about the issues with Facebook, and I will... Um, Maybe just do it on the Facebook, you know, like that. Um, good bit of engagement today, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, is that, oh God, I haven't been looking at. Oh God, I haven't been looking at Facebook. Oh God, can't hear you. Got you back again. Lol. I wasn't sure. If, although I think. Oh, here we go, Sarah. I sorry, Sarah. I wasn't looking at my. Um, I wasn't sure if I would qualify for a TT, although I think I have diastasis recti and have looser skin since pregnancy. Thank you for your answers. Yeah, this is the problem, Sarah. I think if you don't have a tummy tuck and you just have liposuction, it's going to make the skin even looser. You know, the reason you have, you need a tummy tuck is because the skin's been stretched by either putting on weight or having children. And if you put on and lose weight, that is the same as having liposuction. You're losing weight is the same as, you know, you take away the fat and the skin um, will, will, will be worse. And that's why I don't personally do uh, liposuction to the central abdomen or you know hardly ever do because of the skin uh, in my I've done it because I've done it and it's not been very good but I know people do do it and maybe the vaser type thing might be a goer um, yeah the diastasis recti that's only going to be fixed with a with a surgery with a, um, a, a it's an integral part of the tummy tuck fixing the the diastasis recti that that would be fixed but um, yeah, just have a think about the skin and try and think of it in your mind's eye. What's going to look like with the fat gone, but not the skin? Uh, but maybe vase is a, a, a potential uh, thing to look at. Um, good. Thank you very much, all and sundry, for your participation. Siobhan, Sarah, Hussein, Gemma, Corin, of course. Corin, my moderator. Um, I will uh, be back thanks <laughs> five weeks and counting to you what you managed to get five weeks oh god Corin oh my god I remember when you booked that that was like a year in advance and I'm like it's gonna be a year in advance and now it's five weeks away oh my lord that's madness so five weeks away we're in December who would have thought that what you got Sarah can you fix diastasis with a mini tummy tuck Oh, um, short answer, Sarah, is no. Long answer is yes. <laughs> is that helpful? So the problem with a mini tummy tuck, Sarah, is you don't do anything to the belly button. And if you don't do anything to the belly button, the diastasis recti, the recti muscles, the six-pack muscles are splayed above the belly button. You need to get above and below the belly button to repair those muscles. So if you're leaving the belly button in place you can't get up there to, to stitch it so it's an integral part of a of a full tummy tuck you get up there you dissect and you close and it's absolutely fine it's part of a of a mini um tummy tuck of a of a full tummy tuck the problem i'm distracted because chantelle's asked to be in my live video that's usually an error 
So I'm going to assume that's an error um, because if I press yes, I end up in your living room, shan't I? Um, <clears throat> so um, you can, if you, there is a way of re repairing the diastasis recti with a mini tummy tuck by doing what we call floating the belly button. So it's um, you you dissect the base of the belly button, so you take it off the abdominal wall, so it's so it's floating in the air. It's floating, floating, yeah, floating in the air, and then you can get up and repair the diastasis. Now, the only thing to be aware of, if you did do that, you wouldn't then be able to have a full tummy tuck because you've just dissect, you've just cut the base of the belly button. So, I say you wouldn't be able to have a full tummy tuck. If you had a full tummy tuck, your belly button would have to be thrown away and reconstructed. So, it's something to consider. So, it's it's technically possible to try and get up there with a mini tummy tuck, but when I've tried it, I've found it extremely hard. I'll be honest with you, Sarah. And so that's why I said at the beginning, no is the easiest answer, because I think I'd probably say no, because um, it's just too hard to get up there and floating the belly button all sorts. I would say, look, full tummy tuck, absolutely yes, routinely part of the surgery. Mini tummy tuck, easy answer is no, although technically there is a way of doing it, but. I probably wouldn't do it, I'll be honest with you, Sarah. Um, but there is probably someone out there who, who would, I would imagine. Um, but good question. Can you repair diastasis with a mini tummy tuck? Good question that. Well done, Sarah. All good questions tonight, of course, but that was a uh, that was a nice one. Uh, it's my annual tradition, 19th of December, date with JJ, yeah. So this will be the 2022. What are we going to do 2023, Corinne? So... Um, what what's that little one there? That's the request to join, which I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore. Right, I'm gonna check out. I suggest you do likewise. Uh, we're all busy people. I, I you know I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, oh, I'm gonna like that. Oh, I'm gonna like these. Um, I, I'm gonna like my comments because I can now, and I will um, be back next week. I'm assuming. Um, these hearts are coming up, which is nice. I don't quite know the significance of that, but I'm very grateful for it. Um, so I will be back, I assume, this week. God knows what I'm going to do about this Be Live thing. I might get the online chat. Anyway, enough of my problems. See you the same time, same place, Tuesday at 7. I'm looking at two places. Those are the two places. Checking out. End. Share. I'm ending it. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.